Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz and I will be your host. I'm super excited for today's episode because we have Charlie back on the podcast to talk about the end of dry January and also a note that if you're listening to this on the day that it is released on Friday, you can come and hang out with Charlie and I at Maya's. It's the first non-alcoholic bar in London and it's just opened up so make sure to check out the show notes of the episode to get details and come and hang out with us at 7 p.m. But without further ado, let's just jump right into the episode. All right, before we get into today's episode, I do want to share that the podcast has, drumroll, been nominated for an award. So the Resiliency and Running podcast was nominated for Best Outdoor Podcast of 2022 for the Outdoor Media Awards for the Outdoor Media Summit. So I'd love if you would check out the link in the show notes of the episode. It should be the first one just under Charlie's information. We have until January 31st to vote, so please go and check it out and vote for the Resiliency and Running podcast. And thank you, as always, for listening. Now let's actually get into the episode. So I'm so excited to have Charlie back on the podcast. You guys may have heard him from the first episode that we did together. We're we're kind of starting a series now around, I'm not sure if it's more so running or just living sort of this more 99% sober lifestyle in a big city and kind of what that means for young adults and young people. But I think today we wanted to center the discussion more so around, you know, it, it being the end of dry January now and what that may mean for people, where people's minds may go in terms of, you know, do I go back to drinking now that I'm kind of done with dry January? Do I continue it? Do I want to continue it? And I think it'll be kind of good to hear some tips and points from Charlie as well. And yeah, I think this was just going to be a really nice kind of back and forth conversation just about kind of and highlighting the importance of not only dry January, but kind of what that can mean for you long term if you're looking to kind of go beyond dry January. Yeah, sure. I think you're completely correct, right? It's like whether it's about running or 99% sober, I think for me personally and for you, Liz, of getting to know you is that they're both kind of in sync with each other. Like my running supports the, you know, the extended periods of sobriety and gives me a reason not to do certain things when I go out or not to go to certain places and then equally I don't want to drink at all the time or as regularly anymore because I also want to do the running so I think they kind of marry together quite nicely especially for us and, and hopefully some of the guys that listen as well that they're kind of codependent on each other yeah you were on the cover of men's health magazine for about a week um you were sharing a lot about that which is super cool and I think especially highlighting the importance of that you know during this time of year is a big you know obviously something that's really important and I think as well kind of from like the male perspective and what that means and how how other men may look at you or judge you if you were to do dry January. Obviously, I don't understand what that may mean. So do you want to talk just more about that article and what that meant? Yeah, sure. I mean, I always thought I'd be on the front of men's health for my, uh, you know, my abs or something <laughs> like that. So to be on the front of it for something completely different was like, and I told my friends and my mom, they were like, oh my God, have you been in the gym? I was like, no, still just look the same flabby, skinny, slim little person that I am. But it was really, really flattering in another sense, uh, you know, to to see men's health pick up and put us on the front uh, or the, the front cover is the lead article for a week in the middle of dry January, uh, across the weekend of Blue Monday, when it's such a critical time for, for people's health, not just men's health, was really, really flattering. And, you know, the, the way that it happened was just one of the editors followed me on, on, on LinkedIn and then actually listened to our podcast that we, that we put on last time that, 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 you don't, that you do ever so well. And, and from there, they asked if we could help share the story more and if we could talk to people about kind of like what you mentioned about running and 99% sober and how two kind of small life habits put together can really make quite a big change over a sustained period of time. Yeah. And, and the feedback we've had from people has been absolutely crazy, right? Like, I know we did, we, we're talking about general people here, but at 
the amount of young men that have reached out and, and have always uh, have read and listened to the podcast and read the articles and the blogs that we have who have actually gone holy crap this is kind of a pent-up frustration and an obstacle that I've faced like without really realizing that other people also feel this way and I've just always done these things to my own detriment without even really realizing and you know there's a couple guys uh, who I won't name just for their own privacy sakes but you know we, we caught up in the last week or so once this all happened around November, October, um, September last year. And just hearing them and those guys speak about, you know, Christmas was great. Didn't touch a drop of drink. New Year's, I had a, a glass of champagne at 12 o'clock. Next day, as fresh as a daisy and started my year correct. Could drive my family around and drop them to their other houses over Christmas. And, and they've been able to enjoy uh, all the celebratory times, especially at this time of year, without drinking and, and have been able to actually see that you know, we finished off our podcast, you don't lose your family, your friends or your fun, you actually gain more of everything. And mm. to hear people that, and to relate to your podcast and the article that we that we had, and to hear the stories come back from it now that people are genuinely benefiting from some of our content and just our, our thoughts really, you know, we're not doing anything special, we're just just talking freely has been um has been absolutely like overwhelming it's, it's so so cool it's really really nice yeah I think it's definitely just about sort of opening up the conversation and having the conversation because I found that when I first started kind of you know trying to cut back on the alcohol I found that it was super taboo to hear your friends or family talking about you know just taking a break from alcohol because I think so much of you know life celebrations and events are so centered around getting a drink and going for drinks and so I never really heard anyone talking about this sort of lifestyle where you mostly, you know, spend most of the year sober and going, you know, some people are completely sober, some people are sort of in between like you and I, and then some people still kind of struggle on how to kind of, I guess, start that journey. And I think dry January is always great because you kind of, it's become a universal thing. And I think a lot of people hear about it. And so I think, I think now that we're kind of getting to the end of January, I guess, what, what are your, some of your tips around, you know, if, if there are people thinking about, okay, January's coming to an end, maybe their friends are wanting to go out for a big night out on the 31st and like, you know, celebrate, like, you know, we're back to drinking or dry January's over that kind of thing, but maybe they want to continue. What are some of your tips around that? Yeah, sure. So I've done this for a couple of years now, this kind of like 99% sober thing, which is if for people that don't know, it's not that I don't ever drink. I just drink on a hugely reduced rate to what I normally do. And it all started with doing a dry jam. And I think that, you know, my first thing that I tell people who I who reach out to me now for support or for help or whatever, is just be ultra selfish. Like if you want to carry this on, just do it. Like if you feel like you've had excellent benefits to January, if you've had more money in your bank account, you've had no hangovers, you've done better work, your relationships are better, you've trained more for your running and you want to carry those things on, then just carry them on. Like there's no reason that you shouldn't be selfish for your own self there. And if, if you do want to carry it on and you do want to really extend your dry jan then that's the first thing is, is you know put yourself first and, and 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 be really comfortable with that mainly because people feel like you might or, or your friends feel like you know right you've done january now we'll get charlie back mm. no right that's, that's not who i want to be that's not what i'm going to do and i'm going to carry on and, and the way that i you know the way that i have personally done this and i it works for quite a few of my friends as well is do you know what i'm just gonna pick another date like january the 31st is just 
the end of January. And it's just coincidental that dry Jan lasts that long. Like if somebody would have said, let's do dry 50, for example, then you'd end up going to February the 19th or whatever it is. Like there's nothing stopping anybody from just saying, right, I'm going to go for two more weeks and I'm going to pick, you know, Valentine's Day, the 14th, and I'll have a drink with a date or with a partner or, you know, the ironic date with a friend and just get the extra two weeks under your belt and just get really comfortable. Like any goal, just extending it a little bit and pushing it a little bit further. Like this end of the month, 31 days sober is kind of just created out of thin air. It's not like you approach a barrier and then you can stop. You can just carry on if you want. And just appreciating that you can basically say, well, I'm going to do more. I'm going to go another month. Great. And just be really vocal about it because it can help keep you to account. You know, one of the things that got me stuck on it was just being, I mentioned it last time, being quite stubborn. And I felt like I didn't want to go back on my word. So once I said to my friends, hey, I'm going to do this again. Like I really enjoy being not hungover. I enjoy my Sundays, my Saturdays and my Mondays. Like it's nice to have, and I, I don't want to go back to just getting smashed on a Friday and a Saturday and then a roast on a Sunday with drinks and then client drinks Wednesday, Thursday and just rinse and repeat. I enjoy mm. this lifestyle and I'm going to carry on and, um, and, and, you know, and just pick a new date and carry on it and, 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 and vocalize what you're doing, uh, open it up and air it out so people know. And, um, you know, it becomes a lot harder to go back on your word because I felt like I was being an idiot if I if I did or I felt and it kind of gave me motivation to dig my heels in a little bit and um, and, and and stick to my guns, so to speak, about these things. Yeah, definitely. I find that I whenever I'm looking at articles around dry January as well, I think that a lot of people look at dry January and think, you know, what are the benefits of this and when can I see benefits? Because I think and I think that I kind of thought this way, too, when I first kind of started on this journey in 20. 20 and thinking about, okay, if I stop drinking, when will I start seeing these benefits that everyone talks about? And I don't know if it's, it's kind of wrong way of looking at it, or if you think, you know, people should go about this sort of more alcohol-free journey with like different intentions. But I always find that these articles are interesting because they're so fixated on, you know, these are the benefits that you can see. And I, I think they're all well and good, but I think sometimes people kind of go into dry January, for example, thinking, okay, well, if I do dry January, will I lose a couple pounds? Will I, you know, kind of get into like that new year, new me kind of mindset? Do you think it's a positive thing, a negative thing? You know, I, I personally think it's a good thing. Like I know there's a lot of, not a lot, but there is some backlash now to dry January and that, you know, just cutting alcohol out for a month doesn't change anything. And I would completely agree. It doesn't really change that much. You know, you do 31 days sober, great. And then you go back to having the rest of the year at your normal, uh, uh, who you are. But, you know, one of the other points that I was looking to discuss later, but it fits in now quite conveniently, is actually using it for the momentum that it gives you. Mm. Um, the the toughest conversation, right? And you're worried about losing your friends. You're worried about losing, or being that boring so-and-so, right? You've had those conversations already. Like you've already laid, you've already put your line in the sand, so to speak. It's already there and you have a foundation for it. So where I think dry Jan might not, 31 days might not change your life or however, it does give you the opportunity to really change it. Like it, it itself doesn't but using dry january as that platform you know and having that honest conversation you know and just saying i've actually had great results from dry jan like to your friends i've got better finances no hangovers everything's got better literally everything's got better and i think i'm going to carry that on like that's such a nice positive sentence to say and um and i think the big the dry jan offers that platform for momentum to carry on you've had all those tough conversations or the toughest conversations and you know i don't think there's anybody in the world who really wants the best for you would hear you say that i'm doing well and i want more of that i don't think anybody who really wants the best for you would uh, would disagree or would want you to or would want you to do otherwise yeah I 
and kind of on that, I think it's, I'm, it's just making me think of sort of, I don't know if you found that when you kind of embarked on this more alcohol-free, less alcohol journey, if you lost any friends in the process. I know that that's something that some, some of my friends who have gone completely sober have definitely seen a massive change in their closest friend group circles. And I think it's, it's totally what you're saying. You know, the people who actually care about you and your well-being and you wanting to feel your ultimate best, they would want the best for you and they wouldn't judge you. They wouldn't think anything wrong full of you for wanting to embark on this journey of being 99% sober. But did you find that any of those friendships changed? Yeah, they did. And I think we did other things that, you know, didn't involve drinking and we had to actually instigate conversation. And one thing I talk about in private to a lot of people who open up to me are actually learning to socialize mm. like the amount of people that think ah oh, i'm going to uh you know a close-ish workmates leaving drinks i need to drink because actually i don't know how to speak to people mm. I, you know i actually don't know what i would say to this person because we only work together we're not like friends friends we we just speak about work and what would i say there i know but learning to socialize with people soberly has really helped and the the changing faces of my friendship circles i i still have the core bones of like my my you know my good good friends that i've had for years you know they they all backed it uh, you know i took it i took the usual uh jokes and took the usual sort of um you know like banter or took it on the chin basically from them but I knew deep down that uh you know I knew deep down that they would really look out for me and then it was just the fair weather friends hey like do you want to come to the pub or hey like let's go for drinks after work uh, I, I I started to realize that those people th those those friendships did change and and for the better you know those are the kinds of people that would bail on me on a non-drinking event or if I wanted to go cycling or for a run or if I said oh let's go for brunch or lunch and let's not drink and they would quickly pull out of those stuff or say oh hey I'm too hungover to come and I started to realize that those people aren't that's not a bad thing to lose you know that's not a bad thing to lose and there, there definitely are changing faces in, in friendship circles completely correct but the, the the friends I have got not to replace them because that's not right they're not the right words to use but the friends who have come in place of those people they're built on real you know good conversations I actually know and understand these people how they work what they're feeling and because we speak and talk about and our friendships built on like sober socializing I, I you know it's, it's a completely different type of friendship and it's not that we don't go out right we, like, we still go out to parties every so often or we'll go to festivals or we go on a holiday together or you know there'll be a big event in London or a gig that we'll go to and we'll all have a drink and we still do that stuff we just do it less so so there, there has been change but not not too dramatic H how about yourself like I know you've been sort of doing it since about August 2020 it's a hell of a long time but how was it when you first like especially being a young woman right I imagine it's you face a completely different set of challenges to me H how was it on your side of the, the fence? Um, I'd say pretty similar to what you're saying. I think it's it's definitely, you know, you do get that initial, you know, the judgy sort of comments and jokes and things. And I think I definitely saw a change in like some friendships where they definitely view drinking and like socializing with drinking as like a massive sort of thing in their life and their sort of go-to and almost like their crutch really. Because like you say, I think a lot of people don't actually know how to socialize properly. And I think for me, because it came from a lot of these friendships came from a place of like, you know, we were all in college, you know, American university sororities and fraternities, you know, where drinking is so, so pushed. And I think coming out of that and, you know, lots of people that I know still have, and they've kind of created these like actually very serious drinking issues from those sorts of patterns in college. But I also found 
on the other side of that, a community of women specifically that kind of, I think I was telling you last time, they called themselves like the retired party girls and kind of like yeah. that idea of like, you know, you're, you've retired from like the alcohol side of partying, but you're not necessarily like, you know, you're not not fun anymore. You still are fun. You still go out. You still see friends. And I think it's like you say, just kind of about changing like what you do with those friends and the new friendships that have come in place of that have been awesome because yeah, you actually know those people and it's not like, you know, you're going out for a happy hour and you wake up the next day just to kind of stumble into work, but you actually have like good conversations over like dinner or something. And like, you can still go to bed, wake up and feel great the next day yeah absolutely and you're right like I thought if we get into the mechanics of it which I'm sure we will in a, like a later you know down the series but ultimately for me they say you talk about universities and varieties it was just what people were doing and and one of the biggest things for me was just changing the environment I would socialize in like even when I was trying to cut back down, if I found myself in a pub surrounded by people drinking, at first it did make me want to drink. And, and you know, and, and hearing those um, and being in that environment and learning to socialise somewhere different was was certainly key. I was actually amazed by the, some of the some of the females that have reached out to me and, and we've been chatting. It was like the things that as a as a male you just get called boring or you just have jokes about you know whatever whereas the 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 you know a lot of the younger adults who are ladies were being as soon as they say i'm not having a drink it was a do you have a problem or or b are you pregnant mm. like that that they were the only two reasons why people could possibly think why you wouldn't have a glass of wine after work or why you wouldn't have a gin and tonic and i just blew my mind like to 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 be like no actually i'm not pregnant and i'm not an alcoholic just don't fancy a drink I, you know got other stuff to do tomorrow I don't, I don't want to be hung over and that really really blew my mind like it, it's something that you don't face as a, as a young male adult it was you know pretty crazy yeah I definitely got that a little bit around more so not the pregnant one but more so around you know did you have a problem or do you have a problem and they kind of almost make it as a comment is to be like, oh, well, I didn't know you had a problem or like, is this something that you didn't tell me about or I didn't know about? But it's, I think something that was hard to explain to some people and some people being like family too, to be like, I don't need to have a problem to just not want to drink. I think it's just, you know, I like, I've tried not drinking. I really quite like how I feel when I don't drink and I'm just going to kind of continue on that. And it's, you know, over time people get used to it and they kind of stop asking, but it's definitely that initial, like, yeah, do you have a problem? Do you, you know, are you pregnant? Always really interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so interesting. And that's the, I was at the national running show this weekend in Birmingham at the NEC, right? God knows what we were doing there because, well, we, we, we actually won tickets to go, but hey, we, we were there and people were asking me about Run Social when we were talking about it and every conversation I had, there were two that really stick out and that just represents all of the conversation. So we were talking about Run Social and I was there with my partner, uh, Isabella, and people would ask about uh, Run Sock and be like, what is it? And then as soon as we would talk about it and say that it's, you know, um, like a non-drinking thing, the conversation tone would change in, in an instant. And it mm. would be around, uh, oh my God, is everything okay? Like, you know, wow, why did you start this? Like, what happened? Like, there was some traumatic, you know, instance where, you know, something had happened. And no one could really quite comprehend that we just wanted to do like a sober activity. That was good for us. And every, every conversation that we had, even in like a running show where people are pretty health obsessed or fitness driven, it was, oh, so what's this like why why what you know or what you don't finish at a pub no we don't we just we just hang out like just chat like 
normal people like but um and, and it really started to become quite obvious that it's just the social norm even at the national running show where everybody's uh you know into their fitness and their health it was it really did um it could really highlight hi- highlight that it's just so normal and it's just woven into the fabric of, of everywhere of this is just what we do or this is just what we do yeah something that i do love a lot about sort of the idea be- behind run social and i i like that there's no pressure and i think we've spoken about how most running clubs that you will find and i found both in the u.s and the uk i find that most of them ended a bar or a pub or a brewery of some sort. And like I was speaking to one of my friends in the US and she's she's completely sober and she's been sober for about two and a half years. And she's been so hesitant to join a running club because every single one that she knows in her area, they all ended a brewery and she doesn't drink. And you know, they might, they might have a non-alcoholic beer, but then you get you get the same questions that we were mentioning earlier around why aren't you drinking do you have a problem are you pregnant you know and it's it doesn't allow for her to kind of feel comfortable whereas like i think the great thing about run social is how you know inclusive it is but there's also no pressure and it's also not necessarily i think you might say to a lot of people yeah run social is this you know this club where we run together and there's no pressure to drink but a lot of people may look at that and think, oh, so you're a sober running club. But it's like, no, it's just, you know, if you if you want to drink, you can drink. If you don't, you don't have to. No. But no one's going to say anything to you. No one's going to ask you that question. No one's going to pressure you in a way that you might feel pressured in other social situations. Yeah, 100 percent. Right. And that's, you know, one of the two other points that I have is building your network around you. Like even if you don't necessarily know someone that well, but you know that they've done dry jam or you know that they've almost been looking into the these uh, or they might listen to your podcast or they might be someone in the comments of your uh, Instagram or your TikTok post Liz and you know reach out to those people and build your support network you know we, we do have a fantastic one that obviously Liz is a part of as well but if you don't need to come to us you don't need to go to any running club but you just it helps to have people around you that are doing something similar so you know I've made loads of new friends through people who I know who have done dry jan and I've just reached out hey how's it gone how have you found it great and I know it sounds super cringy and weird but just make some adult friends like you know trying to not adult friends making friends as an adult sorry is really really tough and but those guys and girls are doing the same thing that you are and you know if there's someone who you know from work or if there's someone of a friend of a friend or your partner's friend or whatever uh strike up a conversation because the chances are they're also thinking hmm, i would like to meet someone who also i could go and do sober stuff with and and, and you know and start building that not support network because this isn't you know like alcoholics anonymous but those people around you who are gonna you know um promote those healthy habits and go like yeah do you know what I, let's have a non-alcoholic beer or let's have a coca-cola or let's just you know i don't need to go to the pub with all these people i can go to the pub with these people and, and, and just actively try to work on that network you know we spoke about environment earlier and if you end up in the same environment with the same people as you were before doing the same stuff chances are you'll exhibit the same behaviors and uh, and you'll end up falling back into the uh, the trap so for, for sure think about you know actively trying to source a couple of new friends or people who are doing something similar and look if you don't know of anybody to speak to then come and speak to me or Liz and you know and we, we can have a conversation with you guys or we can have you know a, a, a chat or whatsapp chat or whatever it that for me was you know, like 
I would go not for guidance, but for reassurance from people. And that was super, super valuable from other people, especially right at the start when I was doing on, doing all this on my own without sort of talking to people. When I swapped that round and went to get a little support network and around me, that was that was nice. And that's, that's probably the biggest number one tip I could give is start building friends that want to do the same things as you and surround yeah. yourself with those people. Yeah, I definitely wanted to, as the, like sort of the last point, just talk about community. And like, I know that, like you said, it, as an adult, it's so hard to make friends. And it's just like, as soon as you get taken out of school, it's like, you know, how do I do this? But I think, yeah, definitely just starting with like, I think run social if you're UK based. And I was going to have you kind of talk about this as sort of a last point as well, because I know that since we last spoke, run social has since grown. So there's definitely more locations. So I just wanted to make sure that if anyone was looking for community, I know that it's hard to find community, but Charlie can share just some of the different locations that run social has now gained since our last episode. So I just wanted to let you kind of talk through that for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, sure. So run social is basically what we've kind of been speaking about. And it's actually how me and Liz came across each other. Obviously we both love running and we both also don't want to not drink forever, but we just want to do stuff that doesn't involve drinking. So I'm talking about networks and support networks. I just thought I'd go and build one because I didn't really have one. So um, all we do is go meet on a Wednesday, six o'clock. Uh, we meet um, for basically a 30 minute 5k pace run. And we, we basically now do it all over the UK. Uh, and actually, which is quite cool in Colombia and Mexico and also in Spain, which is fun. Uh, but we have London City, so we meet at London Bridge. We have Clapham, we have Hammersmith, Wimbledon Common. We also have Bristol, Brighton, uh, Aberdeen. And um, we're in Ma- Manchester South and Didsbury as well, which is quite cool. And we're speaking to play- people that are in Exeter, the Isle of Wight, uh, York and in Nottingham all about launching clubs and um you know we operate similarly to to like park run it's completely free for anyone you sign up once and you can turn up to any club anywhere in the country and uh, people will make you feel welcome you know we're we're completely built on volunteers we have uh, i think nearly 60 70 volunteers now who wanted to start their own community in their own city or their own town who reached out to us uh, through the website and um and we support them through our franchising model which is completely free for people to use we we support everything for free then and and, and then those guys basically started their own. And, you know, we, we have now, I think, like 11 or 12 locations already open or opening in February with, a you know, an upside of, of 22 uh, potential uh, places to launch. So that, that's kind of what we do. And we are, you know, a, a good thousand or so plus people who are in basically living and doing this lifestyle of 99% sober. And we support that with Runstock and all of our friends across the UK and now Spain and South America. That's super cool. That's awesome. I'll I'll make sure as, um, as always to leave all of the sort of info links and things in the show notes of the episode. But did you have any last remarks for this episode, Charlie? I think it's just, you know, honing back to the very, very first thing that we spoke about, which is if you want to carry on doing something for yourself, then just go and do it. Uh, don't worry about what people are going to think of you if you decide that you want to carry on doing dry jan or if you decide that you want to change your relationship with alcohol for for the better for long term and you know i don't there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and that's something that me liz and a thousand run social people will support and if you don't have the friends around you then you know we can be those friends and we can be those people but just be selfish if you want to do it then absolutely you go and do it and do something great for yourself awesome great well all great to have you back on the podcast again and i'm sure that we will be continuing this series soon likewise Liz, it was a real pleasure to be back it's it's really fun 
All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. Big thanks to Charlie for coming back on the podcast. As always, all of the information to get in touch with him and learn more about Run Social is in the show notes of the episode. Definitely make sure if you are listening to this on Friday to come and hang out with us at Maya's London Bar. I'll see you next time. Bye.